The concept of karma has been a staple in spiritual traditions for thousands of years. To make this concept as simple as I possibly can, it's the idea that your actions in a previous life as well as in this life actually determine the fate that you have in this life or future incarnations. Now, some of you know that I did a video a lot of years ago, and what I titled that video is Karma Doesn't Exist. The reason that I did this is because literally there are so many misconceptions with karma that it's a lot easier to just throw the entire concept out the window than to have people continue to fixate on the idea of karma. I mean, that's literally how dysfunctional our concept of karma has become. But I think that a lot of people who are watching these videos are actually more ready for a more graduated understanding. So I'm going to unpack the concept of karma for you today. Is karma a reality in the universe? The answer is yes and also no. Karma is a concept that was created by Eastern religions that evolved out of a social construct where a caste system existed. In a caste system, society is divided into strata of hierarchy. If you were born to a certain class, you belonged to that group, and therefore your life was already decided for you and was literally inescapable. We had to come up with a great explanation about why somebody would deserve to be a king with all of his needs met or a pauper, who would suffer to feed his family, suffer himself, and watch his children in most cases die. And the answer was this. In a previous life, you did some really bad things, so have fun suffering now. This is the ridiculous warping of spiritual truth. Ridiculous. Like, if this is the way you see karma, throw it out the window. It's also to project human social practices onto the universe at large. That would be pretty embarrassing if an ant did that, right? That's what it's like when a human does that. <laughs> it's to project the way, th or the system of government, I should say, that human beings use, which is punishment and reward, onto the greater universe. <laughs> Do past lives determine future incarnations? The answer is yes, but yet again, we have to separate misconceptions from spiritual truth. The first thing to understand is that a conversation about our past lives only makes sense from certain and lower dimensional realities in our universe. Why? Because the ultimate truth of our universe is all as one. It is all the same energy imbued with consciousness. Therefore, every life that has ever been lived was your life. <laughs> We create individuality by focusing on it specifically. The best way to conceptualize of this is to think about source consciousness. This is the collection of all the energy that is in this, this universe and every universe, right? If you saw that as one infinite ocean, meaning it doesn't have a beginning or end, and it's all water, right? If you conceptualize it of, of it like that, then trying to focus on an individual within that construct is a little bit like differentiating a specific current within the ocean. The current is the ocean, but we can say that the East Australian current is separate from the ocean in general. But it's something we are creating. It's something we are defining. 
You can define a current within the ocean of consciousness that you identify with specifically that is your soul family, and a current within that current that is what you call your non-physical self. And then, looking at it this way, your physical incarnation is rather like a current within the current, within the current, within the ocean, much like a fractal. Also, you've got to get that you actually create the perception of past and future, because Really, energy in the universe is existing in a state of potential. It's in a kind of quantum state. <laughs> that would make it a soup, where there's no actual line between past and future, and everything's kind of coexisting at once. But the reason why you create the perception of past and future, or past lives and future lives, is because you can track progression that way. You can't actually perceive expansion unless you can perceive timeline. If we call this totality of energy in the universe source, source does not govern in the way that you think it does. Why? Because source itself doesn't recognize you as different to it. It recognizes you as a part of itself. Um, the best way to imagine this is that source sees itself like the overall mosaic, and it sees you as a part of that mosaic. But if you are a fragment of it, and it has free will, then you have free will. And it also is not going to dole out punishment and rewards for itself. <laughs> but it's this quality of being imbued with free will, regardless of whether you're conscious of it or not yet, that makes it so there's such an important element here of free will, specifically when it comes to incarnation. So let's just look at this. The reason that somebody who murders in one life may come back in the next life is someone who is murdered. Why is this? First, the universe is in the process of expansion. Expansion happens by knowing all it can know about itself. You are likely, therefore, being a part of Source to try to understand and know everything you can know about every perspective in the universe. If you gained a lot of expansion out of a particular perspective, you may come back in another life and repeat the same kind of experience many times until you have extracted as much expansion as you choose to out of that type of incarnation. Conversely, you may realize your perspective is limited and you cannot expand without understanding the other side of a polarized perspective. For example, the polarized perspective from a lion would be a gazelle. Therefore, there is a great deal of free will involved in the choosing of your next life. However, and this is a more uncomfortable aspect of this topic, <laughs> the law of mirroring is perfectly in action, and that means in all dimensions of this universe, including those you go to once you die. This law of mirroring, what you call the law of attraction, was born within Source consciousness the second that Source wanted to become aware. Now, if, if what we know about this universe is that all there is is Source, there's nothing outside Source. Source is literally the word we're using, doesn't work to even use a word, that describes everything in every universe, end of story. Then there is only ever one type of awareness to have, and that's self-awareness. Now, if you wanted to be self-aware, what is the very best construct you could create? The concept of a mirror. So when Source Mind itself created the concept of a mirror as the method through which it would understand itself, that meant that the governing law of the universe itself is the law of attraction, the law of mirroring. This simply means you will experience the exact reflection of what you are. Just like you step in front of a mirror, somehow that reflection of you is magnetically drawn to you. Ah, right? <laughs> this is also actually what gives rise to this other law in the universe that you've recognized, 
which we call cause and effect. So, like frequencies in this universe are drawn to one another so they can clearly see each other. The same as when you step in front of a mirror as if magnetically that reflection is drawn straight to you the closer you step to that mirror, right? Whether you have the capacity to recognize that as your reflection or not. And we all know there are some people that step in front of a mirror and go, the hell, that's not me. <laughs> Every single life that your current of consciousness projects itself into adds to the overall perspective of that current of consciousness. It changes the personal frequency of that specific current of consciousness that most of you call your soul. Now think about it. If the law of attraction or the law of mirroring applies to all the dimensions of this universe, what does that mean about your soul or the aspect of yourself that is your current of consciousness that continues to incarnate over and over and over again? It is also subject to the law of mirroring. Now if in every single life the information and the expansion and the awarenesses gathered through that life are changing the overall frequency of that current of consciousness that you call your soul. What it means is that every single life that you live changes the overall frequency of that current of consciousness and thus in this universe changes the life that you are a match to. These can be considered evolutionary potentials in the same way that we could look at an individual person's life path potentials. Part of what contributes to the overall frequency of your current of consciousness is free will, personal desire and intention. So what you call the soul and what I call your current of consciousness is a match to future lives for both conscious and unconscious reasons. Now here's the interesting part. The more conscious that you become, the more you are actually in alignment with free will, and the more free will actually dictates your incarnations. This means that there is truth to the idea that you will unconsciously incarnate until you are perfectly in alignment with free will. And believe me when I say perfectly in alignment with free will, you have no idea what that means yet. <laughs> until you are perfectly in alignment with your free will and begin to choose your incarnations or have the option not to choose incarnation based entirely off of conscious free will. This means that the most likely scenario is that part of what dictated whether a person was born poor versus rich or was born into an abusive family versus a loving one is free will. The desire from that current of consciousness to become more aware in alignment with Source's overall desire to be self-aware. And part of it was the fact that the specific life was a vibrational match to the overall frequency of that current of consciousness. I know that it would be much more comforting to you if the truth about your current of consciousness that you call your soul was different than this. Why? Because we all would love to think that we have complete free will. But unfortunately, what we're going to have to accept is that Source itself is not fully aware, otherwise there would be no point on Earth. Source has a subconscious. So if Source has a subconscious, this also means that your current of consciousness that you call your soul, or soul family, also has an unconscious. <laughs> it's trying to resolve that unconscious, but it works the same as it does for your physical life. In your physical life, you know how much of what you're unconscious of is dictating what you're a vibrational match to. So much of what your current of consciousness that you call your soul is unaware of is dictating what lives you incarnate into. Which is why awareness is the 
most important thing, as far as I'm concerned, to hitch your ride to. People also have to accept that karma does not imply some kind of justice system that exists within the greater universe. The reason why you're looking at this world full of so many people who are bad people and not realizing why, it doesn't seem like they ever get a reflection or they ever get what's coming to them, is because you don't see the actual reflection that they're getting or the actual vibration that they're in. Instead, you're looking at them through the lens of punishment and reward that you specifically have been socialized into. The thing I want you to get is that what is happening in your life has absolutely nothing to do with whether you deserve it or not, as sucky as that may be to accept. Why? Because mirrors are impartial. They're not sitting there judging whether what you are is wrong or good. They're just literally showing you how it is. When it comes to karma in our current life, so we're not talking about past lives here, when it comes to our current life, when people talk karma, there are two things primarily that they're observing. The first is this principal law that is governing your time-space reality that is called the law of attraction. I prefer the law of mirroring. And the second is the law of cause and effect, which is actually a byproduct of this first law of mirroring. To witness karma is simply to witness that in this universe there is cause and there is effect. And it is to recognize that we will be a match to a reflection of whatever we are. For example, if we hold a pattern of creating transaction and relationships, we will be a match to people who also hold this pattern and who are transactional with us. Or if we push people away, we end up alone. If you are unaware or confused about what is being mirrored back to you, what's reflecting in your external universe, it's because you're unconscious of it. And believe me, we are unconscious. So much, <laughs> so much. If you're unconscious of it when you step in front of a mirror, you're not immediately gonna recognize it as part of yourself, are you? Another thing I want you to understand is that your future life path potentials are always in flux. This means life potentials are shifting and shifting and shifting and shifting and shifting based on the change you make. Any changes in thoughts, words, behaviors, so feeling like karma is some sort of death sentence, like these original cultures would have you believe that based on something you did, it didn't really matter if you're going to become conscious of it or not. You are going to suffer the consequences. It's total and complete BS. You do not have to be afraid of your future based off of anything you have done in a previous life. All you got to focus on is becoming conscious. Thus, owning your free will. A lot of what you're a match to, you're a match to because of what you are completely unconscious of. Some, you're a match to because of what you're consciously focusing on. But here's the thing. If you change a pattern, you change everything you're a match to. It just so happens that the majority of people don't really change that much. If you want to understand more about this, I want you to watch my video titled, The Future. And first and foremost, and especially when it comes to this conversation about karma, I want you to remember that each moment of your life is, in fact, a new incarnation. Have a good week.